Talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. Here are things that I have put in my mouth. Uh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on. I'm Hillary from London. I'm Sandra from Ottawa, and this is The Quick and the Dirty. It's basically what you chat about with your friends, except we do it on the internet and we make fools of ourselves. Every single week, like clockwork. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So today we have some amazing guests. Sandra, can you give a little preview? Yeah, we're going to talk to uh, an Ottawa couple who is chucking it all to travel the world for the next 12 months. And it's like, it's truly incredible story. I have a million questions to ask them. Um, But first, we got to get to the quick. This week on The Quick, Cassandra, I want to talk about those friends that you always fight for the bill with when you go out. Yeah. Yeah. We all have them. Yeah. But I mean, there's a point where eventually everybody sort of takes a turn paying. Isn't that how it works? You argue for a little while. No, you pay. No, you pay. You pay. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So here's where the question comes in. Our friends are significantly richer than us. Okay. So (laughs) that's nice. I don't know if there's a problem here, but okay. So... My boyfriend, he works as a social worker, so it's good, good job, but it's not great paying. And you know, I don't earn that much money. Well, I know, so. girl. This is radio. <laughs> I know. Okay, uh, they are both chiropractors, and they both have separate practices that they own. Okay, okay, so they're doing all right. Yeah. They have like a huge house, a huge boat. They're always taking us on the boat. They're always hosting parties. And every time we go out for dinner, they usually pick up the check. Like some, they'll go to the bathroom and then it'll be paid. And we're like, "What? Really? What? That's like that is so sweet. Is it because they just feel sorry for you?" (laughs) I think so. I think we're those pitiful charity friends, right? (laughs) Do you think they just hang out with you for charity? Well, maybe it's because they're a little, well, the female is a little bit older as well. Maybe she feels like a big sister or whatever, Aww. but it's so strange. Yeah. So it's coming from a good place. So did the does the check ever come and then you actually fight about it? Well, there's usually like, oh, we'll pick up this one. No, 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 no. And then somebody steals it, right? Right. Well, why don't you just like pay for each other? I don't know. For, because when I go out for a restaurant, you know, you know, when you go out to a restaurant, the server will say, is it separate bills? I find that to be such an awkward question right off the top. Because then oh, you, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I hate that. Especially because they have a history of picking up the tab. All right. <laughs> now that they've set a precedent. <laughs> So when the server says, is it going to be separate separate checks? Do you guys just shut up and wait for them to answer? <laughs> totally. Anyway, it was Beth's birthday last night. We went out for dinner and I caused like almost a throwdown fight <laughs> because I had to excuse myself to use the bathroom. And while I was inside, I paid the bill before <sighs> anyone else had gotten up. No, you didn't. And then my boyfriend, Chris... He goes to do the same thing after I get back, except he thinks that uh, somebody else paid the bill, that it wasn't me, that it was them. them? And he comes back to the table and is like, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> he was all mad. <laughs> Your impersonation of him is spot on, by the way. <laughs> so, Knuckles dragging. I like that. Um, <laughs> Okay, and then, so, so did you guys start fighting with each other? No, it ended up being hilarious, but the look on their faces was like, what? What did we do? <laughs> but did they accept your charity? They felt bad. And it's like, what is it saying if you feel bad when we pay for a bill? And it was like a, it was like a lame bar. 
Like it wasn't even a fancy dinner, which they've picked up many times. Many times. I, I feel like that was very, very classy of you. Totally classy of you. And it's smart that you went for a, the cheaper bill. That was smart. <laughs> you always got it. You know, that's like breakfast is usually what I agree yeah, to pay for. A, yeah, that's right. The eggs and ham, the $10 eggs and ham. Perfect. <laughs> God. I, I don't like it when people pay my bill. I hate it. I hate it completely. I When we go out as couples, I pay for myself. You guys pay for yourselves. We don't need to get into that game of let's pick up the tab for each other because then I feel like I owe you the next time we go out. So now you're stuck in that terrible loop. Oh, yeah. I don't mind so much drinks. Yeah. Because if you want to get me hammered, I can't be responsible for remembering. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot to keep track of. (laughs) So now, so next time you go out with this couple, will you consider the slate wipe clean? You're good. Everything's fine. You've paid. uh, You paid for the last one. You're done. No. No. Oh, God. It's it's going to start again. Like, they're so generous. It's disgusting. Like, Beth buys me a present for everything. Okay, well, she sounds like someone I'd like to meet, to be honest with you. That's such a sweet thing. She sounds like someone who enjoys taking care of people. Well, I think they're dinks. They don't have any kids. Perfect. So they've got, like, oh, money out the, like, everywhere. Yeah, we all, need, we all need dinks as friends. We really do. I'm very jealous. I wish I could have friends like that, to be honest with you. I'm right now, I'm scouting out for people who own cottages. That's what I'm looking for, a cottage couple who wants to invite us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do they have co- a cottage or just the boat? No, but you might want to be friends with me. I have friends with a condo in Mexico. Nice. That's it. <laughs> Jackpot. That's what I've been looking for. <laughs> All right. So what's uh, happened in your week? Hillary, I got to tell you, if I sound a little agitated today, it's because I'm off the sauce officially. You're drying out? I've, I've dried out for whew, four <laughs> days now. Um, okay, first of all, I just want to temper everything I say now by saying I'm not an alcoholic. I don't think I have a problem with alcohol, but I have to stop drinking booze for weight loss. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's pure sugar. Pure sugar. So I decided to take a seven-week booze hiatus. I have a little break in the events that are coming up, you know, before Christmas and everything. And um, I feel very agitated today and kind of like a hot bitch, to be honest. (laughs) Now, I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. You're saying you don't have a problem. Can you go out and have one drink? Can I? Like... If you said, oh, I'm going to have one glass of wine, it's 100 calories and I've accounted for it. Are you able to do that? Yes. But it's, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't buy it. I tried to answer you that one. You damn liar. liar. <laughs> um, okay. Let's, and it's not it, that you have a problem. It's that, that no, one I do glass. Have a, clearly I have a fucking problem. <laughs> but oh. you don't even believe me that I can go out and have one drink. I can. <laughs> but I can. here's the thing. There's a difference between like an alcohol addiction and having that first glass of wine and then just not giving a shit. Well, that's why alcohol <laughs> is problematic. Because once you have one, you have to have two. I've always laughed at, when I go out to drink or, you know, with drinks with people. There are some people I know who will only have one drink. And I'm, I think... Who are you? I can't do that. Um, it's a two drink minimum in my circle of friends. Always. You know what I mean? With one drink. Right. What's the po- Those are just empty calories in my, you know, like if you're going to have a drink, have some drinks. Throw, throw an A at the end of that word. Have a drink. Um, yeah. So, you know, am I an alcoholic? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you in seven weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I am also watching my weight and trying to lose some. Yeah. And uh, I just, I keep it straight to weekends, one day on a weekend, yeah. and I allow myself, uh, I adjust my calories for it. So, so can you have just the one drink then? Yeah, because I get hammered now. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Since your operation. No, but even still, like if you take a seven week break, two drinks, you're going to be sloshed. Good. I'll be a cheap date. That's perfect. In a perfect world, I would like to go out and have two drinks and we're done here. Like that would be great. But I unfortunately, I I ride with a very uh, haggard group of women (laughs) and we like to drink and we like to, you know, now here's here's the thing, Hillary. When when you have kids, when I had kids in my 30s, I had a a really long period of time where I wasn't going out and I wasn't having a lot of fun because I was at home all the time with the kids and weekends were really just about sleeping and Mm -hmm. just normalizing my schedule and everything. So for I would say for like seven, eight years, I wasn't really going out a lot. And then when the kids were older, you know, party Sandra came back, the college Sandra came back and now college (laughs) Sandra needs to take it down a notch. If I have to put it in a nice way. So am I uh, an alcoholic? No. Do I binge drink? Absolutely. And the problem is, like, you start binge drinking, then you binge eat. Right. Because, like, oh, "Oh, two wine in, I'm having appetizers. That's right. And next thing you know, my low-carb diet consists of bread. So it's a mess. It was So (laughs) this weekend, I didn't drink at all. I uh, was incredibly productive. I cleaned my house. It felt like I was on cocaine all weekend long and speed. You know what I mean? Everything got cleaned. Everything got washed. Everything got done. And now I'm realizing how great life can be without alcohol. Now are that you actually aware, came out of my mouth. Are you going to continue to see your haggard group of lady friends or are you going to pull away for seven weeks? Um, I'm going to pull away for seven weeks. <sighs> I know. They, they know. They know I'm off the sauce and actually they don't want to be around me. So it works out really great. <laughs> Isn't that it, it really puts your friendships into perspective. As soon as you say, ah, I'm not drinking, all of a sudden the texting stopped. I wasn't invited out this weekend, and uh, people know I'm out for seven weeks, and they don't want to be around me. Why wouldn't they invite but you? You're a, like a built-in DD. I know. I know that. So it's fine. It's it's fine. <laughs> it's nice to know that all my friendships are built on shenanigans and alcohol, though. So be it. <laughs> so be it. Um, I'm agitated just talking about it, so let's move on to the dirty, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Who is joining us today? Well, I'm really excited about these uh, these two guests in studio. And really, it begs the question, have you ever dreamed of traveling the world? I think it's something most of us have thought about doing. And do you think that you could give up your creature comforts and basically live out of a backpack for one year? I know the answer to that question for me. I know about you. But uh, Michael and Christina are a couple who have sold most of their belongings so they can travel the world together. Their website is journeyofacompass.com. They've been blogging and vlogging about their philosophies and how they are preparing for this journey of a lifetime. So please welcome to the Quick and the Dirty Podcast, Michael and Christina. Hello. Thank you so much. All right. I need a rundown. (laughs) Give me, are you married? Are you a couple? How long have you been together? How old are you? What's the score? So what do you do for a living? Seven seven questions. Go. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm 33. 29. And we've been together for three years, actually, since the beginning of September. We did. Oh. We met online. Match.com, oh. actually. No way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And did you did you write down like traveling as the main uh, focus for the two of you? Because obviously yes. it's working out that way. <laughs> that was one of the criteria. Funnily enough, yes, both of our profiles were filled with travel information and it's what lured us both into each other. Absolutely. Yeah. And what do you do for work when you're not traveling the world? Uh, I'm a physiotherapist. And okay. I actually just finished my master's in social work. So I'm a social worker. So you're super smart people, too. 
I hate you. I know. <laughs> and they're also really good looking. I, I hate them extra. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So the, 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 I've, I've been following your journey on your YouTube channel, Journey yeah. of a Compass. I've been following your story also on your website. And you're, you're just like an average couple who loves to travel, but you've sold your belongings so that you can travel? Really? Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, we can give you the the rundown if you like, how it all happened. Yeah. Tell me, how do you, yes, from the beginning, go. From the beginning? Go. Okay. Well, we have some other friends that have already done it. So that was the inspiration to us about two and a half years ago. They said, we're quitting our jobs and we're going to go travel the world and test it out and see how we can do it. Um, this was in Australia and we followed along and we were very jealous and we're like seeing, you know what, it's eventually it's going to crash and burn. But it's been almost three years later, and they're still doing it. And we met them. We met them about one year when they had just started doing it. And we're like, we looked at each other, and we're like, nah, there's no way we could do it. Like, we love being, you know, in at home, close to family, and like we look kind of love our jobs. We love what we do, so we could never just like leave everything and travel. So they have been on the road for three. I don't know how to put it. Traveling yeah. for yeah. three years now. Yeah. yeah. But they, they work on the road. They've created a, an online digital nomad lifestyle is what it's called. So that was so what do they do for income? Like, how do they generate income? So they, they run a travel blog. Uh, and he also works for a few travel agencies where he um, sells travel. And I think he's got maybe four or five income streams. So he's a busy man. He definitely works while on the road. But it gives him the location independent freedom to move around. And what do you guys plan on doing for income? That's a great question. <laughs> that is a great question. So our first plan was first to commit to the idea. Uh, so about a year ago, we were in our apartment. Uh, we actually we lived near Dow's Lake, and we were just kind of hanging out in a hammock and uh, looking at the sunset, and we decided, you know what? They can do it. We can do it. And right then and there, we made the decision, and within two weeks, we moved out of our apartment, moved into my cousin's basement. And we had started to sell almost all of our things with the plan of saving our money over the span of a year to prepare for uh, the departure. So do you have enough money to sustain yourself for one year now after living in someone's basement and doing all that? You're good? Yeah, we. so we've been paying about $400 in rent. So we went from living in a really nice apartment for about $1,500 down to 400 So banking in all that cash um, and really being able to save. So we have enough saved for about eight months. And now we're starting to look at different ways that we can extend that. So looking at couchsurfing, which is essentially this online community that you can stay with people, meet locals, and stay for free. We're looking at hitchhiking throughout Southeast Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. So basically experiencing the local culture in as many you know creative ways as we can for free so that we can extend the money that we have saved up. Okay, haven't you ever seen hitchhiking movies? People die when they hitchhike. They die when they hitchhike in North America. You're going to get hacked up in Southeast Asia, you two. I'm very nervous about this. I'm very nervous. So, I mean, that is that is very much a nomadic lifestyle that you're preparing for. How do you go from being, you know, you know, Canadian, employed, educated, working people to live literally living out of a bed? This stresses me out, Hillary, because, you know, I'm a princess. Well, I've this seen your closet, out a Sandra. Bit. Yeah. There is no way you could travel with one bag well my makeup bag would be one right <laughs> but seriously you guys are going to be living out of a backpack for the next year of your of your lives how what a ch are you prepared for all of this yeah we've been prepping for about 12 months so I totally get the princess feel when you travel I used to have like three bags right and I used to plan and prep and pack all my stuff yeah and it used to be in like three massive rolly suitcases We've been just selling stuff for the past year, 
basically realizing that we don't need all this stuff to survive. We don't need all this material items to be able to travel and to be able to sustain ourselves. And now, so- will you be coming home in between locations to get different supplies? Because like, if you're in Thailand, you're going to need different clothes than if you're in the Swiss Alps. Well, they have clothes everywhere we go. So <laughs> if we need something, we can buy it there. We're, so the first year is going to be South Asia, Southeast Asia, Australia, and New Zealand. So warm places. So we don't really need a lot of warm clothing. We're basically able to travel in a carry-on with tank tops, shorts, you know, a couple dresses, and a pair of pants, yeah. one warm okay, sweater. Okay, I'm sorry, Hillary, did you hear that? They're, they're just traveling with a carry-on. That's it. Oh, my God. I know, God. I need a minute, too. Um, Aren't you going to get sick of each other's one dress and shirt? Well, I don't know. But this is probably your answer, there, Christina. I think that's where chuck it and get a new one, I think. But um, you have no money, so you can't do that either. Well, well, the great thing about going to some of these countries is they don't have money either, so things are very inexpensive. And Fair. some of their clothing is actually beautiful, so... Yeah, and it's being able to support the local economy as well, where you're able to meet a local merchant, get to know them, get to talk to them, understand their craft, whether it is, you know, making these beautiful handmade shirts, um, being able to support them, and then wearing it through the rest of your travels. And so anytime someone says, hey, cool shirt, or my thing is going to be earrings, I love earrings, um, and it's super small and compact, and so being able to share that story of, you know, I met this really amazing woman in Bali in Indonesia. She makes these with her, you know, her sister, and this is their business and their way of making an income and of supporting their family. And so you essentially become connected with locals that way, and you are able to share that story. And that's what we're all about. We're all about the people. We're all about community. What does your family think? I mean, they've seen you go through school. They've seen you invest in your education. And from an outsider's perspective, perspective do they feel like oh now you're gonna throw it all away and just go travel the world like are they concerned yeah do your parents want their tuition money back (laughs) well do you want the answer that they give us or the answer that they really think (laughs) both (laughs) (laughs) well what they tell us is uh well not initially but they definitely support our decision to go they're somewhat envious and jealous uh of the travel idea and i think Probably they really don't want us to go. I mean, especially as a mother, the mothers do, or not me as a mother, but my mother definitely not wanting me to go as the youngest. My mom does. And Christina's Christina's also the youngest of the family. We're we're both the youngest of four. So So your parents are very worried about you. Yeah, they're worried about our safety. They, They want to see us, you know, travel the world. But I think what saves them is that they know that we're together. And they know we've both traveled significantly, and so it's almost a, an idea of comfort that, that we are together doing this journey. Yeah, we're not newbies. We're not amateurs. We, we have an idea. We've got years of experience of going around and, and, and being in difficult situations and knowing how to handle ourselves. Plus, I think for them, which is something that's comforting, is we're going to be doing vlogs regularly. Yeah. So they can actually follow along and see where we're going, what we're doing on a relatively regular basis. So I think it's going to give them some peace of mind. You said something uh, about three minutes ago about the first year of your traveling. Um, Your YouTube channel indicates that you're only going for a year. How long are you actually going away for? Is it a year? So we started out as 12 months and we 
are making a vlog series, How to Plan for 12 Months of Travel. It was easier for uh, our family to understand and also our friends and whoever was was reading our, our blog and looking at our vlogs. Since over the past year, we were working nine to five jobs and we slowly realized that we it's most likely going to be more than 12 months. Uh, we're excited for for any opportunities that come out of these next 12 months. And we are setting ourselves up so that we don't need to come back to Canada. Travel is who we are. We absolutely love to do it. So we're trying to figure out ways of making an income living internationally. Location independent. Yeah. Being able to move around with the freedom, essentially the ultimate freedom. If you were my kid, I'd be having a heart attack right around (laughs) Yeah. Like, do your... Does your family worry that you're not doing the traditional thing? Like you're making your money, you're going to spend it. You're not going to have a lot in the way of savings for future like houses and weddings and things like that. <laughs> babies, whatever, yeah. you know, well, like the, who knows? That's the tripod right there. Yeah, House, that's right. Ha- houses, babies and marriage. Right. But it's and not for you. Not for us. No. And potentially it will be down the road. Uh, we both have a ton of siblings and all of them are, are living a relatively traditional lifestyle. And we absolutely love them. And they're leading the life that they were meant to lead. And, and they have come to know us and know us together as a couple and know that Michael and Christina are not going to be living in Ottawa, living in Montreal, having a house, two kids, living very traditional lives. Um, they're, they understand that, that we absolutely want to explore this world and explore the communities around this world. And they know that that is who we have become. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm getting a heart attack. <laughs> when I travel, I, I know that there, Hillary, there's this book, it's called Vagabonding. Mm-hmm. And I know, Michael, you and I have talked about that book. I, um, I, I heard a podcast actually on it uh, with Ari Shafir a couple of months back. And I, the general concept of vagabonding uh, is is pretty interesting, but there's you know as described, there's two types of world travelers. There's the kinds of travelers that you and I are, Hillary, which are you know five star kind of girls with big luggage behind us, and <laughs> and then you guys who just travel out of backpacks. And my understanding also of vagabonding is that it's all about the ability to say yes to almost every experience. Exactly. So whereas I would go to a bar and I'd meet some people and they'd say, hey, come back to my house and meet my family. I'd go, no, what are you crazy? Yeah. You guys would say, yeah, because that's the whole experience of vagabonding is not knowing what's next and meeting new people and being open to every new possible opportunity. Yeah. So is that how you, is that the concept of, of your life now? Yeah, I think that's the advantage of doing it now that we are kind of in our 30s. We have, we're not naive, right? We have that intuition to know what situation, which people um, might be a little bit more uh, sketchy or have right. ulterior motives. What we've learned is that there are so many incredible people in this world and it's placing trust in them. And it's knowing that if you are able to, Put yourself a little bit outside of your comfort zone, connect with people, and yeah, go into their homes, meet their communities. There's some pretty incredible stories that that are able to emerge from that. Do you think you're able to do this because you do have such a great support network that if things went horribly wrong, you'd have people to depend on to come back to? Yeah, that's a great question. We think about that often, actually. We we recognize how lucky we are and how privileged we are mm-hmm. uh, to have essentially the life that we've had growing up and have the friends and family support that we have now. So we're thinking, you know, worst case scenario, we go and we do this and we come back and we got nothing. 
you know, we're still going to be fine. We're going to come back. You know, people will they'll help pick us back up. And, you know, we're, we're very well educated, as you said. So we can uh, definitely go back to a job and, uh, you know, might be a little bit behind schedule according to traditional ways. But either way, we're going to be fine, especially if you think of the grand scheme of things in other places in the world. So. It's, it's Absolutely. Not a concern. I mean, I do have friends who worked a lot. So I have a background in music and mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who decided to work cruise ships and resorts when they finished school to make some quick cash. And the journey was amazing. They loved it. They did it for years. But the problem that they have when they came back is all of their connections are gone. Mm-hmm. So you're basically starting from scratch. Are you OK with that? Yeah, that's that's part of our life, right? It's knowing that we will be saying goodbye to a lot of people because you meet some really, really amazing people. And it's knowing that you hang out with them for a week and then you have to say goodbye. But oftentimes I always say, you know, we will see each other somewhere around the world. And what we've learned is that we often do. We make incredible connections. We've been hosting Couchsurfers here in Ottawa for the past, you know, two months over yeah. the, the duration of the summer. And we've met people from Australia, from Netherlands, uh, the Netherlands, Switzerland, France. France, the U.S., Canada. And these are people who said, anytime you come, stay with us. Stay with us for free. We will introduce you to our family, to our communities. And so these are connections that are made over a period of two days. And we're able to really make friends all over the That's world. That's amazing. This whole couch surfing community, I find that very fascinating because, mm-hmm. you know, we've all traveled and stayed on somebody's couch or whatever. But this is, it feels like way more organized than that. So you organize a couch surfing weekend. Is that how it works? Is it? A, it's a website, right? It yeah. is. Yeah. Want me to go? Okay. So, yeah, it's an online website community. It's kind of like Facebook or anything. You, yeah. you essentially set up a profile. Airbnb. Yeah, it's like an Airbnb, but for free. Okay. No. Well, that's a great Airbnb. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but the thing is, is, the expectations are different. Okay. Because it's free. I mean, it's not necessarily sleeping on a couch. You could end up having, you know, a private bedroom. You could have a floor space, you know, that could go on two ends of the spectrum. The idea is that if you are in a bind and you're traveling and you'd like a place to come to, be with a local person, you know, do some local things, find local cuisine, then that opportunity is there. It is definitely a step outside of the comfort zone and it's a bit of an unknown. But honestly, what we find is that things on the other side of your comfort zone are the best. And that's why we delved into this community and we've loved it ever since. We will admit we were nervous at the start, but now that we've got into it, we've made so many friends over the last two months worldwide. And it's like, I can't believe we didn't do this sooner. Now, there are some safety measures on the couch surfing website. I know because we used to host people in our house when I lived up north. Yep. And so, like, you get rated everywhere you go. You get rated everyone who stays with you rates you. So you can look at other people's recommendations. And then each couch surfing opportunity is a little bit different, right? Because some people will want to show you around and take you around. And some people will just let you do what you want to do. Yep. Yeah, it's it's whatever whatever the host um, sets the experience as. So the expectations might be that, you know, I, I'm working throughout the whole day in the evenings. I can show you around the town. I can show you around the city. Um, I'm accommodations captain in our relationship. So I love looking for those really, really cool uh, accommodations opportunity, whether it is a person who has an English center in Ho Chi Minh City who you can stay for, with her for free. She has a whole apartment for couch surfers. The only expectation that she has in return is that you come to her class, 
meet her students for about an hour, tell them your story. And then in return, you get free accommodations and also students who want to spend time with you, learn English and show you around the city. So the community becomes this reciprocal relationship. So you're no longer it's no longer about a transfer of money, but it's a transfer of experiences and and coming together over that. I was just about to ask, what do you get out of it if you host yeah. somebody and so on? But you you obviously get friendship. Oh my gosh, yeah. You you learn a lot about different cultures and so on. And when people come to your house and they couch surf, you said you spent the summer hosting couch surfers. Were you good hosts? Did you take them around the city or were you oh, like, you're on your own? Oh, we loved it. Did we, you? we were the best, honestly. We, we, we loved it, yeah. There was a couple of times I called in sick and I probably shouldn't have, but I was like, you know what? You guys are so cool. I just want to hang out with you. Let's, you know, let me go show you Mosaic. Let me show you Parliament and all those things it just got me really excited for traveling plus it it made them excited they were just so grateful to have the opportunity to go and do all these local things because that could take them days to figure out what to do and for us it's like boom 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 we'll tell you exactly where to go what to do where to eat and people are reluctant to open their own homes to strangers right but what we see is that hosts will do it for their kids And so they'll open their home because they want to expose their children to cultures and languages from around the world. And so being able to host travelers from the Netherlands, from Australia, from France, being able to have that that conversation about food, about culture, about traditions, about family. And it's it's a really neat opportunity to expose yourself to um, if you can't travel But also what we're learning is that people are opening their own homes all over the world to us. And so it's the least that that we could have done this summer. That's funny. It helps your rating, though, too, right? Sorry? Does it help your rating for visiting to also host? Yeah. So it's a community that's based off of references. So when they come stay with you afterwards, the expectation is that you write a reference for them as a traveler and they write a reference for you as a host. And that's what the community is based off. It's based off of references as opposed to payments. What's the worst experience couch surfing you've ever had? Oh, God. We've hosted, I think, 10 travelers in the two-month period. And the worst, worst, worst is just that someone came in and they were kind of dull. (laughs) <laughs> that was it. Well, Honestly, there was better no... than being hacked to death. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. You that's just come all right. in and they just don't have much of a personality. So you just don't, you know, you don't do a whole lot. You just say, hey, well, you know, here's where you can sleep. If you have any questions, let us know. If you need some food, there's a grocery store across the street. This is where downtown is. You know, we spend like 10 minutes giving them a map of the Ottawa area and saying hey, these are the hot spots. But like if they're kind of dull and don't have, a, you know, an amazing personality, we don't mesh with them. Then we just say, well, you know what? Have fun. But like. Some, free, pe- free yeah. accommodation. No, Some people no- just want a couch and they don't want much more than exactly. that. Yeah. And exactly. And that's fine too, right? Yep. And what we did is that we took the opportunity to interview them. We love to get to know people, get to know their stories. And so with a bunch of couch surfers, we interviewed them, asked them a bunch of questions, put it on video, and we actually put it together and submitted it uh, last week for a couch surfing contest. So we're actually in the running to win a trip around the world, which is absolutely awesome. Right now, we are top three. What? So we're in third place. Our video is awesome, actually. It is so awesome. I'm so proud of it. I'm actually so proud of it. Michael is the tech and the, the videographer in this uh, relationship, and he does an absolutely amazing job in editing. Well, the, we'll have to post it on our uh, Quick and Dirty page. Yeah, and if people give it if people give it a thumbs up, that would be awesome. And, yeah, and, it would help yeah, us out for sure. Yeah. We, we can win a another trip around the world. Another one. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what's well, your worst? Wow. What's your worst experience as a traveler? 
Have you ever been somewhere where you're like, oh, God, we'll do this one night? (laughs) Um, My worst experience is probably getting sick when I was in Kenya. Um, And that's something that you have to prepare for and and take precautions not to get sick. Uh, But I was in a hospital bed the day before I was leaving to fly home. um, And I had child foot and mouth disease from working in a slum with kids. Um, and was hooked up to IVs the day that I was leaving and had blisters all over my mouth and um, grateful that, that I was able to access healthcare there, that I was able to get antibiotics, absolutely. Um, and the day that I got home, it was Christmas. And, and definitely thank my lucky stars for, for having the family that I have um, and the opportunities that I have. And it was Christmas time, and I was like, I don't want absolutely any gift. I just want the, the gift of family, so... How long have you guys, what's the longest I should ask, ask, have you traveled for? Because a year plus, 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 plus is, you know, that is open-ended, obviously. But how long, you know, for me, I, I want to come home after 10 days, usually. I'm good. What's the longest? Well, I'll preface with, I lived in Australia for three years. I, did, right. I did my master's there. So I was away from home for a two and a half year period before I came home for my brother's wedding. So you can consider that traveling, if you will. Um, individually, uh, outside of that, I was about a month. Peru and Ecuador for myself. And then I think Christina is about four months for like a semester abroad. Yeah, four months. I did two semesters abroad in university in Kenya and one in Denmark. This is different though. This there's this no is. there's no schooling. There's no, no uh, there's different. there's no room and board. There's none of that happening. You're you're on your own. Once you're gone, you're gone and you're on your own. Where do you guys see yourself in five years? Where like uh, you must, I mean, I I think about my life, and yeah. I know Hillary, you must too. Where you have sort of a Absolutely. life plan, yeah. You have a life plan, and I know you want to kind of travel, and it's open ended, all that stuff. But you must have a plan, something in your brain, even if it's, you know, kind of fuzzy right now. What are you thinking? You're not gonna like my answer. I already don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I ask this, I ask this question to a lot of people. So I I, I cannot think that far in advance. Um, I, I typically only plan about a year in advance, maybe to maximum because so many things can change in 12 months, 18 months, 24 months that, yeah, you plan all this stuff, but then all of a sudden, two years later, none of that stuff happens and sure you can reflect back on it and, oh yeah, it all worked out. But to me, the planning and everything, it's like, I like to just go about it, see what happens, what opportunities come my way. And I like that unknown. I like to be able to uh, what's the expression? Play at the seat of your pants or something like that? Fly by the seat of your pants. Um, I just love that feeling. And the next year we're very excited for. And we actually did plan the whole 12 months initially. And we had all our itinerary set up and where we're going to go, the country. We had a spreadsheet. Spreadsheet. Like Christina, <laughs> for, for those kind of people. Christina loves her Excel. Love it. But uh, once it was all set and done, it took away the opportunities for uh, for things to do. And we were presented an opportunity from a, a couple that lives in Bali, Indonesia. And they offered to, have, uh, to host us for three weeks or approximately three weeks uh, in their guest house. And they said, you know, what? we're digital nomads as well. We've been living here for the last two years. Uh, we love your story, and we know how difficult it is to kind of get out of that nine to five grind, the rat race. And we'd love to host you guys and to meet you and kind of, you know, get you guys off on your feet type of thing. So we're like, well, so much for our itinerary. I think we're going to go to Indonesia. <laughs> and that's that's where we kind of tossed it away. Um, and I'm the kind of gal who used to have a one year plan, a three year plan, a five year plan, and a ten year plan. And that's where, since meeting Michael, I've been able to toss that and really say, okay, let's live day to day. 
And we are both master's educated. We have enough foresight to understand, you know, where we want to be within the next year, but it's not limiting ourselves. It's not putting ourselves within boundaries of saying, I want to do this. I want to buy a house by this age, kids by this age, marriage by this age. It's really being able to live life to the fullest every day possible. And that's where, you know, being able to practice mindfulness and and reflection is really key for us when we travel and, and in our personal lives. Okay, I have two very important questions. How do you manage travel insurance and health care while you're gone? Also a great question. You got yeah. a lot of great questions. <laughs> you should watch our vlog series. We answer all these. Oh, do you? Okay. <laughs> we do. And these are all these are all questions that our parents are like, okay, serious yeah. question. Like, what if I'm you a get parent. sick in a foreign yeah. country? What are you going to do? Yeah. Travel insurance. Like, tell me you're getting travel insurance. And so the friends that, that we were talking about, uh, they don't travel with travel insurance. They're, you know, they, they take the risk and they, uh, they don't buy it. And so we learned from experience that they had that uh, one of them was surfing in Costa Rica and uh, broke their leg. And it cost them, I think it was 7000 7, US. US dollars oh, in order wow. to have the surgery to mend the wound and everything. On top of, like, you can't be traveling when you're broken. It, right. Yeah. So it, then you've got to come home. Back. And then what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. And so being able to, to assess that risk and understand that travel insurance is definitely an important part of what we do. And that's the advantage of doing it when you're 30. You just do it in a very different way. It's mm-hmm. being able to assess that risk and, and make... Uh, make choices to to set your up set yourself up for success. Um, so we got travel insurance for uh, which is from World Nomads, a travel insurance company that covers people who live nomadically. Yeah, long travel, long term travel. So yeah. we actually booked or we paid it maybe I don't know a month ago for a twelve month period, I and mean, it costs us around I think eighteen hundred dollars for the two of us, but it covers us covers us up to like ten million medical. It coincides with our OHIP uh, health card. Right. How um, does it do that? Because I thought you had to be back every so often to keep your OHIP. Um, you can be out of the country for up to seven months before your OHIP essentially is is cut off. Um, however, if you live in Ontario for at least five years, I think it's like... I think it was three years. We just made the cut. Oh, yeah, that's right. Three years. <laughs> I think it's so many days per year for a three-year per- uh, consecutive period. Uh, you can apply for an extension uh, up to two years. So that's exactly what we did. So we applied for a two-year extension of our OHIP card. So we're covered on our OHIP for two years, even out of country, so long as we have private health insurance. That must be very comforting for your parents to know, <laughs> yeah, to know those Mom things. Feels good. Mom feels good. I hope that. she does. <laughs> yeah, the fear of the unknown is such is a, a prominent fear in my life. I mean, I worry all about things that I can't control all the time. I have kids. I worry about it all the time. What? Let me, let me see if I can phrase my question a little bit better. Are you afraid? Is there any part of this journey of not knowing what's going to happen to you and where the future lies? Is that frightening to you in the very least? I'm excited about it. So you, excited. you look excited, I'm Michael. So but, excited. but Christina, as a former princess, talk to me, yeah. girl. Come on. Yeah. So I I used to be, um, yeah, just have a lot of expectations in terms of my own life, what I was supposed to do, um, how I was supposed to live my life. And and part of that was, yeah. you know, doing your master's as, as a female and being able to be economically independent and have a house and have kids and get married. Um, and since since we've been together, it's just the realization that that life there's there's other models of living your life. There's other ways to be able to to live life and to fulfill the happiness 
that doesn't necessarily need to be uh, within the standards that that are you know your family and your friends do and so it's being able to to just throw that throw that out and uh living life to to what we were truly meant to do um and being able to foster that what's the longest you two have traveled together so far Uh, so far two weeks in central america Okay, well. Yeah. So we <laughs> We've done it. I know Hillary and I are like, "Well, well part of me yeah. is like and I, I in no way am I being critical, but I'm like, "Oh, she sounds really inspired by her boyfriend who's really into this and yeah. what happens if they don't get along?" Yeah. We we've done three trips. Um our the like we were saying, the beginning of our relationship was more or less based around how we love to travel and we love to essentially do a, l- a little bit untraditional life. Uh, after about three months, we actually went to Costa Rica together to visit our friends who travel the world. Um, and Christina was a little reluctant at first because I invited invited her to come with me after knowing her for about a month. But I knew that you know, you know, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, you know. So I invited and I let her dwell on it, and she could make the decision. Eventually, she said yes, and we went. And I mean, there's bumps and bruises, but like any relationship, doesn't matter if you're traveling the road or if you're living in a house, right? We we actually noticed that we are better as a couple and as a partnership when we are traveling. When we are here kind of working the nine to five and we're both set in the routine, we just get the itch. We get... We get on each other's nerves almost. Yeah, it's almost as if we're both... um, We're just not fully fulfilled, I think, or happy being where we are. And we kind of almost take it out on each other. And when we're traveling, we are both just completely happy and able to, to explore and be creative and... Um, see see what else there is out there and connect with people and that's what we're really excited I, all about. I can think of is the last time I traveled with my husband was in January and I wanted to kill him by the third day like kill him I, <laughs> I, I wanted, remember that I do you remember I think I wanted to kill him at the airport Hillary like really like just I was aggravated but you're you're right I mean when you know you're living your best life and you both share that exactly. reality together I mean yeah. how is there anything more beautiful than that but seriously what what day do you think you're gonna want to kill him <laughs> Tell me, Christina. Um, well, yeah, and it's like not like you can be like, all right, I'm out of here because your your well, money's all tied up in each other, and yeah, your plan yeah, is all yeah. tied up in each other. So if say shit hits the fan, you want to kill each other, and you decide to go your separate ways, are you coming home or are you continuing yeah. on on your own? <laughs> I don't think we've talked about this, right? Because I think. What we've realized is that we're both strong-willed and independent people, and we need to be able to do our own thing. So we're not the kind of couple who can spend 24-7 together, and that's part of what this experience will be. So it's being able to say, hey, I'm going to go I'm gonna go to the markets today by myself. Michael, he's going out hiking for the day. It's being able to um, you know, energize yourself, replenish yourself alone, being able to get that solo time, coming back together and being like, oh my God, I met this really cool guy and or I met this really cool family or this person who is selling so-and-so and we talked for like an hour and then just being able to to connect with new stories uh, as opposed to spending 24-7 together, which is not, un- it's not healthy for any couple. No, absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I think time apart is, is probably more important than it is time together and when you're traveling, it's even more challenging to find that time apart. And that's something that we're going to have to uh, work on because we're not sure exactly because we haven't done more than two weeks together. But we know that we're going to do it and we're going to figure it out. And well, with, yeah. regards, with regards to your question about shit hitting the fan, we've had situations where shit hit, hit the fan and it was here. And we just know that we're going to work it out. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk about it. Yeah, we might not be happy with one another, but we're going to figure it out because we're not going anywhere. We're going to stay together. And that's just the end of it. 
Okay, sorry. I just need <laughs> I just need a moment in a tissue for that one. <laughs> can I? Can... I have one last serious question. Yeah. Sorry, Sandra. No, no. Go ahead. Um, I'm just crying over here. Go ahead. From what you've said, you've saved a lot of money, but you also plan on becoming digital nomads, which means generating income from the internet in some way. Yeah. What if your vlogs don't pick up the people that you're hoping? Well. Um, our vlog, we actually are not relying on our vlog at all for any source of income. It is purely fun for friends, family, and any inspiration for anyone who wants to follow. That's it. There's no expectations of that whatsoever. We want it to be fun for us and no offense to our friends that travel, but they say it's a lot of work. It's a lot of stress to, you know, meet those demands of having a video, having a post out two, three times a week. And we admittedly started to say, yeah, well, you know, maybe we can do that too. And we just looked at each other and we're like, this is not for us. It didn't feel authentic to um, to talk about travel, right? We are healthcare professionals and what we love is is talking about people and experiences and community and emotions. And, and that's what we want to essentially build an income around. So what we're going to do is we're going to put ourselves out there in a lot of situations because there's lots of people that already do this. Right? There's lots of online communities. There's lots of digital nomad marketing companies, whatever it is. We may need to take a shift in, in our career paths, but we know that it's going to be somewhat related to our fields of health and wellness. And uh, we're actually kind of excited to see what might come our way. It just comes to that unknown again, like that excitement of what might happen. And if it doesn't happen, then we just, you know, we come back and we figure it out. That's it. And then they just figure it out, Hillary. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where fear comes in, right? It's yeah. not having that fear that you will not succeed or, you know, it's just being able to jump in the fear. Yeah. You, you can't let it hold you back. You're right. That's and what people do often is, is something seems scary or unknown and, and they hold them, them holds them back from jumping in. And if they jumped in sometimes, you know what? It does wonderful things. And I'll give you a prime example. I would never call a radio show to, uh, <laughs> you know, give my two cents or whatever. And when I was uh, listening to 105.3 uh, to Sandra and I heard her talking about the carry-on, I thought, you know what? I'm going to call in. And I sat in my car for about five minutes. I was like, I don't need to call. I'd be more comfortable if I didn't call. Did you call. really? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'd be more did. comfortable if I didn't call because yeah. then I wouldn't get all nervy and nervy. But I was like, you know what? This is not my life. My life is challenge myself. I'm That's like, right. This will make me uncomfortable. I'm going to call. So I called. And look at the chain of events that happened. And you called a radio here. station on the day that I was talking about. Hillary, I was talking about becoming a minimalist uh, princess, a low maintenance princess. You can laugh now. <laughs> and I was talking about how I want to be the kind of girl that travels only with a carry on because I'm, I'm tired of being a princess. It's really, it's really, it's just, it's, it's a lot of work. It's really a lot of work to be a princess. He calls the radio show. I hear his story. Then I found, I creeped you completely on uh, the internet. <laughs> And I found your YouTube channel. And then, Hillary, I, I looked at Christina's video on minimalist packing for a woman for 12 months. I almost died right there and then because she's only bringing mascara and gloss. And I went, what the fuck is that all about? And I think you're bringing like something like five pants, five tops, and a sweater for a year. Yeah, and, and I've I can't even cut even. that. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> what is this? What do you mean you cut that? Yeah, I realize that it's just, you know, more shit you have that you have to carry, it's almost like you feel more bogged down, right? So when we are going from one place to the next, one community to the next, the less shit you have on you, the more free you feel and the more, you know, the not... I don't know. It's just it's well, being yeah. able to carry less. And I just want to say more. that this is just not realistic for anyone who's not a size two. 
Because I can guarantee you my clothes are twice the size of yours. Yeah, my fucking underwear, I need half my luggage for that alone. But yeah, I know what you mean. But okay, well, I, I guess you use compression packs and all that we stuff do, that we they do. do. We, yeah. yeah, we yeah, roll packing all cubes, the stuff. Actually. Packing, packing cubes. Yeah, they're, they're wonderful. Okay. They're oh Different my God. strategies for travel, yeah. When are you leaving? October 18th. One month to the day. Yeah. We'll have to do a, a catch-up phone interview at some point. I know. I told. I can't. Well, if they ever we, come back, yeah, we, we can we, call we, you in from yeah, Indonesia. I, really? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure, we could. Yeah. We I can Skype you in. Until Check, then, we're, I, I, I look forward to completely stalking you on the YouTube <laughs> for the rest of the days that you do the YouTube. So, for everyone listening right now, where can they follow your journey? The best places to find you guys. Uh, best place is journeyofacompass.com. Uh, that's where we put our. our you know, blogs, if you will, whatever we're up to. And we do post our videos as well. But uh, most of the videos actually go to our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash journey of the compass. So type so in Google journey of a journey compass, of the compass yeah, it'll show up. Well, yeah. I mean, we're not like fancy big or anything like that. So you might punch <laughs> it in and get some sort of, other you know fluff, what? I'll but... put all that information in the podcast description. Awesome. So yeah. that for you, li- don't worry. I got, I'll put it everything, your Facebook, your Instagram and whatever. That's how I found you and stalked you. And I, I'm enjoying it. I really Amazing. look forward to watching your journey. I wish you health, and happiness, and uh, please, please don't let a hitchhiker chop you up into a little bunch of little pieces, please, guys. Promise me. That, that's going to be an experiment. The okay, absolutely. Yeah, no know, drug lords. No nothing no like drug, that. No drug lords. We're not going to smuggle them. Okay, <laughs> make smart decisions. That's what I, what I always tell my kids. Good decisions. All right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank Thanks, you. guys. It's a pleasure. And don't forget to follow the Quick and the Dirty on social: Instagram at Hillary on Air at Sandra Kiss one zero five three, Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra Kiss 1053 and Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at the quick and the dirty at gmail.com.